Good morning, good morning, and good morning. I don't even know what got shared there because already there's some technology stuff going on. But hello, everyone. You made it. You did it. Um, uh, I think Catherine's going to be monitoring participant side. There's quite a few people just kind of coming in. Welcome to another exciting meeting. You've asked for it. I've heard the public outcry wanting Alison Williams. She is here, folks. She is here out of Toronto, and she is here to give us a fantastic meeting. Before I introduce Alison, I just want to welcome everyone once again. And for those who haven't been here before, thank you for joining us today. Um, this Monday Mindset meeting is really jam-packed. In 30 minutes, uh, we're really going to get into some main topics. We're going to talk about, a little bit about a mindset around a particular topic. We're also going to get into imperfect inspired actions that Alison um, will uh, introduce to us at some point. Um, and also we'll just do a quick Q&A at the end. And if we run over, we will be here for another 10, 15 minutes after the meeting for those who wanted to stick around. Uh, before we get into all that jazz, uh, please introduce yourself, say good morning, let us know where you're from, where you're at, what business you're in. This is a great opportunity for us to take a peek. Um, Catherine, you're watching that room, right? To mm -hmm. let folks in okay um, and you want to be able to uh, let us know where you're from what industry you're in what have you say good morning um, and then that way Allison and myself will be able to know where everyone's from some great smiling faces I see some new faces there so welcome uh, what a treat to have everyone already today a um, couple things before we get into it um, the chat room will be open in, at all times so please share your comments and feedback if you do have a question at any point we will be able to um, answer those or we'll definitely get to it. Um, if not, you could stick around. We will share our contact information as well at the end. So feel free to take a look at the chat, be able to click on that and could also save the chat uh, for you. You notice I'm going really fast because I can't wait to, to chat with Allison <laughs> um, right away. Um, and again, if you enjoy these meetings, if it's a great start, please let us know in the comments if this is beneficial for you uh, or not. Um, or not, just send an email to Catherine about that. She could take care of those things. Um, and uh, again, share it, right? You see our social posts and stuff like that. You'll be able to share that and invite someone. Okay, let's get right into it. Let me introduce Allison. Allison Williams is, um, she's a mother of three adult sons and an emerging teenage girl. I think the word emerging means that there could be some <laughs> difficult times there, um, but we'll get into that in a bit. She has been working in the field of social work for over 25 years in three different countries as a nanny, a family worker, um, and then as a social worker in various organizations uh, that started local governments to nonprofit uh, organization in 2016, she decided that she wanted a chance to work with people in the community who didn't come under the umbrella of families in need of the local government. In 2015, she began training as a life coach and be, uh, became a coactive coach in 2016. Allison's vision is, support, um, is to support families in creating a work-life flow. Oh my God, I love that word. As you know, flow versus balance uh, that is keeping with their family values and aspirations. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome Allison Williams. Hello, 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 hello. Hi, thank you. Did thanks I miss for, anything? <laughs> no, thanks for that great introduction. It was really good. Excellent. I appreciate that. So you're transitioning. Let's just get that out of the way. I, I heard that you're transitioning out of Calgary into um, Toronto. So why, why that move? 
Oh, um, that move really came through my husband, whose company relocated him to this part of the world, mm. this part of the country, should I say. <laughs> so we're doing another big move. In, we're actually in the process, and I'm just here in Toronto, house hunting in these times, really complicated way of doing it. Um, so, but we're just house hunting for a week before we return back to um, Calgary for a month, and then we're taking our road trip. <laughs> you know how I feel about road trips, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> we'll get into that. So um, with everything that's going on, let's just jump right into it. You know, Alison, with everything that's going on, parenting is in a stressful time. What do you mean by that, actually? Like, how is, I mean, I think I kind of have an idea, but what are some of the key things that you think is causing stress um, with parents? Um, so I think that um, when I say stressful times, um, that's really a kind of a loaded word because um, today's parenting, we're always, in, we're always parented in stress. Mm -hmm. But when I particularly was thinking about the topic of this, I thought about just the many different hats that parents are having to wear right now in terms of um, parenting, um, managing their day-to-day -day work, as well as managing um putting the hat on as a, as a school teacher and all the other things that comes with that and so i was thinking that it's kind of um much louder in terms of thinking parents are um just jumping from different and um, different hats and, and and feeling quite confused about that and and overwhelmed and that's what i really hear from parents they're feeling really overwhelmed right now and so what would you say is the number one thing that overwhelms parents because I mean I think just having a kid listen it's easy for me to talk right so I'm, a, I'm on the sidelines right <laughs> um, but uh what is the number one thing because I would think you know having your kids there more family time I just read um uh, you may not know but uh, I know you know but some folks may not know just you know traveling um back from Vancouver this past weekend uh there was an article that I read that just talked about uh, for Father's Day that a lot of fathers were spending more time with their kids and they they created a closer bond so I mean so I'm just thinking what is stressful about that I mean, am I missing something like what what is the so when I say stressful times I mean it, it I mean it's if we take into consideration that um, the kind of um, the amount of social media um, um, news that's coming in through the house, uh, coming in mm -hmm. through different mediums, the the fact that parents um, and not all parents, but some parents have these high expectations to to be the perfect mother, to be the perfect teacher, to be the perfect keep their their home. In, a, in in um, in order, and so it's it's really mm -hmm. when I say that I'm talking about um, when we try and put all these different um, expectations, and we have high expectations for ourselves, really, um, and that's what happens with when we have these high expectations, and we feel that we're not reaching these expectations. What tends to happen is that we feel overwhelmed because mm -hmm. we don't feel that we're we're mastering any of those those mm -hmm. um, areas of our life. Um, and it can be difficult because many parents are out there working as well, whether they are working from home now or right. working, having to go out and manage childcare and schoolwork and learning and, and so forth. You know, interesting enough, I ran into a really dear friend of mine in Vancouver and she was telling me like, to be not only mother and working, but she's like, 
I'm not sure what they're teaching because this grade five math is hard. <laughs> just like, I had to learn it. She's like talking about homeschooling. Like I had to learn it too, right? Or different ways of how we used to do it, right? Which is a little bit different. Don't get me into the Caribbean way of learning. But, you know, there, there's all these other things that are happening around memorization and how do you show that answer? And, you know, we come from a school of these different things. And, and so, you know, how do you help? someone create that work-life flow because as you know there is no balance because you just have to move through it between being a you know um a spouse to someone and then also raising kids and then working and you know I, my brain goes to leadership and employees because i find when a leader is overwhelmed then it comes across to the employees right and so how do they interact with their employees is a little bit different sometimes they may be shorter with them sometimes they're easy to go to to anger or frustration and so i'm suspecting that's what's happening for a lot of parents as well and so how do you help that? Like, what do you, how do you help them get out of that mindset of being overwhelmed? Well, often I talk about it from perspective. So when I work with families or when I work with a group of um, parents um, through workshops, I really talk about um, having the mindset that allows you to be kind to yourself. Um, and what I mean by that is that, sorry, the plane's going up, I don't know if you can hear it. I forgot that Toronto is, is still in the fly zone. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I really talk about is open up the conversation around about stress. That's the first thing, because I think that for some reason we have got into this place where we think about um, stress being something that's outside of us and that we should avoid it at all costs and what i talk to them about is opening up the conversation about stress is good for us and right. that we all have stress and often stress is often it's a part of our lives if we didn't have it we wouldn't be able to action certain things and um, it wouldn't give us insight and it and we wouldn't have um, bring awareness and so i really talk to them about how, how stress shows up in their lives and get them to talk about what does that look like? What does that feel like? And um, because when stress and when you're in that, when you have the ability to bring awareness to where you are at with your, um, your stress, then it allows you not to get into that space where you're feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and often, Carl, I really speak to parents about helping them to recognize that stress allows you to take action and it also helps you um, bring awareness to those conversations that you might have with your children. Because when you, when you are aware of your stress levels, mm -hmm. often you can, you can see it in your children and open up that conversation about what, when, they're feeling, when they're feeling angry or disappointed or they're emotionally not able to regulate, often is because it's, it's, it's their stress levels have become... Um, become kind of elevated and so what we what we work on is really about recognizing when when we're becoming stressed and what that feels like in our body mm -hmm. instead of just going through it and then you look at it after the fact right is when someone say oh my god yesterday was quite stressed it was quite stressful right yeah instead of saying it's happening right now yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and I think I, what I do, I try and approach it by really just drawing diagrams. I love drawing diagrams with families, but really to just share with them about emotions overall. And we talk, we talk about it like a kind of a hill. So it goes, it kind of goes up and over and so up and over and down. So when we're in our, 
when we're in our, so say emotions are a naught to 10. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in our naught to, to four, mm-hmm. um, that's really when we have some concern. When we're in our um, eight to 10, those when we're in, those are actually when we're in our exp- extreme emotions. And what we want to sit in is really in our four, mm-hmm. in our five to um, eight, because when we're in those emotions, then usually we're able, we're in flow, we're in balance right. because right, we're, right. we're not um, in one extreme or another. And that, so it's just to notice when we come off the hill. Right. Or we, we also use this language of when we come, when we get out the boat. Okay. <laughs> right. When I, I sometimes describe that to the t- to parents, it's like when you when your children are getting out the boat, right? That right. means when their emotions are not contained. Right. Right. And anything How can do happen. You keep them in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> How do we keep that? And is that where that? It's not my hill to die on. Is that where you have to realize yes. this is not the hill to die on, right? Well, you know, that's interesting you say that, Carl, because that's one of the things that I, I do say. I think that sometimes as parents, we, we have these high expectations for ourselves. And by, by the mere fact that we have them, we, uh, our children have them because we don't, our children don't learn from us from what we say. They learn from what we do. And so mm-hmm. it's often if we have high expectations in all the areas of our life, our children tend to. And so the classic is often parents will call me up and say, my daughter or my son has got this perfectionist going on and I don't know why they have perfectionists going on. They have to have everything perfect and they, they get stressed out. And I often talk to, when we're talking about that, we talk about the staying in the boat, but we also often lead into the conversation around as, um, as I originally I get to, I'm working with the adolescent and then eventually I'm actually working with the parents because they're recognizing through those conversations we have as families that actually they're not really in the boat. They're out of the boat most of the time. And right. that's the thing around that stress piece. I love what you said, and I want you to say it again so the back row in the church can hear you, that it really is about that modeling, right? It's the modeling, and we see that in business too, right? If you Mm -hmm. showing up as a certain business owner or leader a certain Mm -hmm. way, like you came in quite anxious or, you know, um, frustrated, and then the team is like hesitant, and they're like, why isn't everyone lively? Uh, cause you're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's like, that's the modeling they see. And that's really what you're referring to, right? Is it's not just, well, we didn't say that, or they feel that they can't hear them. And that's the thing I find and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, as, you, as you know, I've been a spectator for a lot of parents, right. To see what they're doing. And we often say just because they can't say it back, doesn't mean they're not taking it in and processing it. And they get to a point where they become that. You know, one thing I often will realize, and it, trust me, I remember my own lesson of realizing when I'm like, I kept saying, I'm not gonna be like my mom. I'm not gonna be like my mom. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm 17, I am my mom. You know what I mean? Like, what happens with that? Is that kind of what you're saying, that whole modeling piece? I think that is what I'm saying. I think it's more um, indicative now because often as parents, we live in a world where um, these parents today are parenting like no other generation before that. And that's because um, the expectation is on everybody to do their best and be their best. And so when we are trying to be the best in our, in our work life and we are supposed to be trying to be the best partner and then we're trying to be the best parent out and then not forget we're trying to have this immaculate showroom house all the time. Right. And so if we are living that and not really um, 
recognizing or bringing awareness that we are trying to create this perfection in all areas of our life that our children will automatically lean into that Mm -hmm. because they often parents think or the modern thinks that it's actually um like if we sit down at the table and eat then our children will do it but it's actually in the incidentals of life it's actually when you're having those conversations about particular um if you have conversations or tend to read things about or say comments about education and people who don't work hard and and so forth our children will hear that actually oh it's my parents it's their values that you have to work hard all the time and so so they pick up on that they experience that they see that and they hear that and they become that and so that's what I mean around modeling. It's, mm-hmm. it is that physical thing, but actually it's the conversations, it's the values that you instill as a family. And it's about what you pay particular attention to. Um, it becomes the thing that your children become concerned about. And, and so if, so an example is one of the things we always um, do whenever I, I, I host this um, sh- um, workshop where parents come and I screen this, the documentary about the impact of screens on children's brains Mm -hmm. and often most people um, come away saying that that what needs to shift or what needs to change is actually how much I use my phone you can't tell your children to put their devices away you can't tell you 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 can't tell your children to you can tell your children to not bring them to their bedrooms but if you bring them to your bedrooms and you you actually um, indirectly telling your children I I I can say this, but I do, I do the opposite for myself. Mm-hmm. What's not, you know, it's, it's more about, um, I feel that I'm, um, I need to do, um, I need you to do as I do not do as I say. So, and that's really an old saying that actually contradicts your parenting. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting about that? I think that bleeds into uh, the leadership model too, right? Is where they say, you know, you actually have to be that leader who walks the talk. That's the the leadership side of it, right? Is walk the talk. So it's interesting that it's as we grow up now, we also learn it doesn't matter what this leader says or what this other person say or what this authority say, I have an option to still do differently right? That's where my brain went with it, right? So what can parents do? So what is the imperfect inspired action? If, if a parent listening today have kids or thinking about having kids or even as a leader, because I mean, like I said, if those are leaders who may think I don't have kids and this isn't, is not relevant for me, if you're leading a team or you're dealing with people, these are really things that are transferable. So what would you say as a parent that they should either stop doing right now or maybe start doing that will help and mitigate some of those issues around you know um leading by example for for example wow um i wish i had um a longer time to talk about that's a big (laughs) question and there isn't one thing but i think that if you one of the things that we uh when i talk about this perfectionist and i talk about this um place where we have become as as parents and and it shows up in all areas of our life is that we need to allow to be we need to allow to make allow ourselves to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and and we need to also um recognize that the most powerful thing we can do is to kind of sit in that place where we are are vulnerable and um and be okay with it and that in our in as a parent if you make a mistake it's okay to say i've made a mistake or 
I feel nervous about this. And one of the big things is, I think, is for parents to talk about their own emotions. Um, if they have a, um, Brene Brown always talks about mm -hmm. her and her husband always, if they have a big meeting or a presentation when around the dinner table, they'll talk about it. They'll say, um, you know, I have this big meeting coming up tomorrow and I feel kind of, I, I feel kind of anxious or I feel kind of, I feel excited and talk about what excitement means and how it right. feels in their body. I think that the, the goal is to help parents connect their um, mind, body and soul to the whole experience, their heart, or we usually say mind, body and heart, gut mm -hmm. is to connect it all and understand that we, we actually feel our emotions right there in our gut first. We don't feel it in our brain. When we reach our brain, often that's when we're out of the boat. Exactly. <laughs> it's after and the so fact. <laughs> the powerful thing is about bringing awareness to, um, sorry. That's okay. We could still hear you quite well, actually. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, the most powerful thing is about bringing awareness. And so when I say bringing awareness is that often we have three states of mind. And so it's not sitting in our emotional mind. I don't know if anyone's aware that we don't sit in our emotional mind all the time. We don't sit in our reasonable mind, but actually we sit in our wise mind. And so often when we're in, um, when we're in our emotional mind, we can't make appropriate decisions because it's our emotions taking hold and leading us and making decisions. And when we're in our rational mind, we have no feeling or emotional empathy. And so the idea is to be aware where your, your three states of mind is and to move into wise mind. And there's many ways you can do um, to sit into wise mind. And I would say just breathe. Just breathe. When you breathe, you're in the present moment. When you notice your breath, you're in the present moment. Hence why meditation and, and that type of reflection is so doable, right? Uh, I want to touch on something because um, I, I see a question there from Yvonne, and we're going to ask that in a bit. Uh, one thing about making a mistake, and I like what you said, Alison, about it, communicating, you know, with your child, you know, and just having those conversations, even if they see something. You know, I do remember a lesson that my mom taught me. We were watching Kung Fu because we love watching Kung Fu and stuff like that. And, of course, they go into the, the, the shop and then they start a fight. And at one point she moved, she said, do you know that's not real right you know that's not how you have conversations with people right you know that's not what you do and of course i'm like of course it's a tv show but i thought the lesson was important to to have the conversation with someone to say that's not how you settle disputes that's not like this is a show this is entertainment this is not real world right and i think when you know children can hear that from their parents around here's what needs to happen. Here's what that mistake was, or mommy made a mistake or dad made a mistake. And here's why let's have that conversation. But so many people struggle with, you know, um, making mistakes. Uh, I'm going to put really quickly in the chat room and uh, blog that I did on making mix, making mistakes and experiences. Definitely check it out, and you'll be able to to see where I'm going at when we talk about making mistakes. So I like what you you said there. Um, with that, we're going to get to one um, question here. We'll have some information about Allison stuff there for you to get connected. Um, but Allison, Yvonne has a question here. She says, um, "How hard is it?" Um, how hard is it to become a model for your children if you work hard, if you have, uh, if you've had no modeling growing up, you know, do you have to learn parenting from scratch? Like, so what if someone had that other modeling that, you know, here's the thing we've, we've had modeling. The question is what type of modeling did you have? Right. And so what if they had the modeling that is not desirable and then now they're, they're raising children. How do they shift? Can they shift 
do they have to go back to basic? Like, what would you say to that in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> 30 seconds. So I would say that um, it's, um, as a parent, that often when I work with families where they haven't had great parenting um, experiences, I, what I, I work with them is about getting in tune with their gut, really, because I think that you do, most parents do know how to parent and that they have to check into what they feel is right or wrong. And I think that we can look at different things around um, strategies, but actually um, I think that you, often when I work with families and um, there's this particular woman that I w I'm recently, I'm working with now and, and recently just started working with her. And one of the things is just getting her in tune with actually that she has all the answers and she has all the, um, the, uh, her, all her ideas around what parenting should look like and what it should feel like and how she can parent is often about confidence. They're her confidence mm -hmm. to step into her, her parenting um, role, not necessarily about what the, the information she's been given about how she should be as a parent. So it's really about helping that person to kind of step into their role as parents and getting in tune with what they believe is their own values and their right. own um, cultural values and, and, and societal values and their, and their innate values around parenting. I mean, I, I love that because I think some people are one, like you were saying earlier, they're so focused on trying not to make a mistake. And here's the thing, what you focus on is what you achieve. So if you focus on not making a mistake, you're going to focus on mistakes. <laughs> so again, those are the things that needs to happen, right? Is that you have to make the mistake and go through it. Uh, I find sometimes I see people are so focused on not being their parents, right? So they don't want to do those things, but they end up inevitably doing it, right? instead of coming back and say, listen, let me just figure this out. Good, bad, or different, let me figure this out. How do I want to parent and be able to make those different reactions? So, oh my goodness, Alison, one last thing before I, I close out here. What did you have? I was just going to say that um, as parents, often, um, I've, I just feel like I need to say this statement, that parenting, often people think that it is around um, it is to create this amazing, playful, joyful world for our children and we're supposed to protect them. But that actually isn't our job. Our job is to give our children the skills to, to grow and develop in this world. It's our, it's our role to help them um, to deal with what struggle looks like because it's a mm. part of how we grow and develop. And when we are, are not allowing our children to fall down, to be hurt, to get zero on a test, we're actually taking something away from them. And, we're, and, and, and often that's because we feel that it, that's our job is to protect them, but our job is not to protect them. And then if I had, I'd love to talk about this much more around how I help parents talk about this, but, and, 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 and lean into why it's so important for us as parents to um, be able to, the hardest thing, let's say, the hardest thing as a parent is to sit back and watch our children fail. But that's the gift. That's the gift to our children when we see them fail. Um, and then we teach them how to manage that when they're failing. 
Allison, that is the first time I've ever heard that the parents' job is not to protect them because I think I hear that quite often. Like, I'm here, I'm here to protect you. I'm here to, but when you take a look at it, it's about the experiences. When you take an even look at the teachers that you don't like, they're the ones who taught me the most. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. there's something there that, you know, they got me out of my comfort zone. They pushed me. They allow for that experience, but they're always there, right? No matter what. And so I love what you just said. Okay, let's stay tuned. Oh my goodness, Allison, we are out of time for this meeting. Okay, Folks, great. please uh, stick around. Uh, we're going to get into a couple things I want to touch on with Allison. So if you are able to stick around, thank you. Um, thank you for joining us today. We had a great time with you, great information. And, and like I said, please go and check out Allison's uh, link there. We've put the website on there, her email, if you'd like to get a hold of her. She's doing many, many different things. And I love some of the workshops that you've done. So be able to do that. And if you enjoy these meetings, please um, share it with someone. Let them know that you're going to be on this meeting. Bring them in. And we will see you next week where we're going to talk to Dan, who is a master when it comes to financial. So uh, take a look for that information that we're going to be emailing it to everyone because everyone seems to want that information. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Um, take care of yourself, everyone. Oh my God. I'm, I'm looking forward to having more chats with you here. Okay. See you. Welcome back to After the Meeting, Allison Williams. Thank you so much for that. Uh, okay, folks, if you have any questions for Allison, please uh, send something there. Let us know because this, I think, is phenomenal uh, information. You know, Allison, you touched on, I did a workshop back in February, and we were talking to a senior leader, and we were talking about, you know, experiences. One of the, the team building was about, um, you know, tell us about a hardship that you've experienced in your life and da-da-da. And the, the owner of the, the company was there. And he said, I'll be honest with you, I heard a lot of people's stories and I don't have any of those stories uh, for myself because my childhood, you know, was really, really great. My, my family protected me from all these things. And he goes, until I got to university, I had to learn the hard way because I didn't know what it was like to experience this, 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 this. All those things happened where they couldn't have protected me in university because he had to move away, right? And so he's like, I wish they would not have protected me so much. I wish they would have allowed me to fight my fight and experience those hardships, which I thought when you said that, I was like, oh my goodness, bingo. Because he didn't have those skills then and he had to learn them while he was quite older. Yes. Um, that reminds me of an incident that I experienced actually when I first moved to Calgary from England and uh, my daughter was like five and a half and she had wanted to play with this little girl but, and we, we all know about play dates. And so she went to the play date, but there was another friend who also wanted to go on that play date. And um, Shira had said, no, I just want to spend this time with this little girl. And um, so what happened was that the, um, I heard about this afterwards, but the 
parent had phoned me late that night and said she was so disappointed in my daughter because I, she felt that my daughter was being really selfish and mean and that if if a child wants to play why wouldn't why why would not shy want to be inclusive and and this word inclusive is banned around but what what happened was I had this conversation with this parent and said that it might feel that it was unfair for the other child to be a part of that group but then the, the goal is, is that the other parent is to help children that sometimes say, sometimes you will be left out and it's okay. It's okay. Wow. And it's about having the penny drop and letting it drop and mm -hmm. then helping them manage it. And so her argument was to, with me was that what, but my job is to protect them and that they can learn that later. And I said, why would we want our children to learn those skills later right. when they're away from us? Why wouldn't we want them to learn them right here so we can hold them widely, but we can hold them in their sadness or their struggle, whatever it is. Yeah. And so the idea is that the, 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 the more skills we give our children, the more ability to step out of the bubble, it, the more we're able to support them in that change. And so that when they arrive in, um, they arrive in um, university or wherever, they aren't struggling. And so I, um, and I work a lot with parents where we have become a society where we're really holding our children very close and so helping mm. them to let go a little bit so that they can step into their, um, their emotions and then give them the platform to talk about emotions. Mm -hmm. But I really think it's, it's helpful when we're, as parents, talking about our own emotions and, and about our frustration and, and the words that people feel that are the words that we try and stay away angry, frightened, mm -hmm. mad, all those words are really important to share our children because if we didn't get angry, then we would not manage, we wouldn't be able to, to it wouldn't create the kind of um, the uh, emotion that, um, um, that ignites us to move us forward. It would right. mean that we, had, we wouldn't have feeling, we wouldn't have an ability to have empathy if we didn't get angry if we didn't get disappointed. So it, it's just helping them to recognize all emotions are helpful. And, and or even opening an opportunity for dialogue, right? Because if it doesn't happen, then it's, it's hard. It's almost like training your puppy. You see where I draw my inspirations from? Like training your puppy. You kind of have to catch them in the act, right? And then you correct it, right? Yes. Um, but, you know, having a conversation with, okay, sweetie, you remember two years ago when you did the following thing? It's not, it's not going to help, right? Sometimes in that moment. Because if you don't have that, Allison, is what I'm hearing is that you grow to be adults who will have tantrums, you know, at work or with other people in their relationships, right? Because they're not, they don't know how to you know, uh, mature that, have experiences, have dialogue with that, right, is what's happening. Um, John asked a really uh, interesting question. We get that a lot. Uh, I'm sure you do as well. Uh, what is the difference between work-life flow and work-life balance? Is there's a difference or is it the same thing? Okay, so that's really interesting. Um, actually, it was Kyle that made me rethink this um, balance and flow, right? <laughs> so, um, so balance, I think it's a full idea i think it's um we've created it but it's not achievable and it's often what leads us into stressful situations and feeling overwhelmed and the reason why is because when we are trying to balance parenting when we're applying to balance work when we're trying to balance relationship and connection whether it's through our, our loved ones and our family often we're just 
we're just being mediocre, okra, and we're actually not putting all our energies into one thing. And that's, we know that multitasking is a farce, that it doesn't work. <laughs> and so that's what balance is. And so I'm not saying that we can't achieve balance and balance is not a good word in our, in our lives, but in terms of um, functioning as in our, in our world, the idea is that sometimes we need to put our energies into our job. It was so good that she froze up. She froze up. It was so good. Hold that thought. But to be honest with you, Alison could not have said sometimes it. Sometimes into parenting, Flo is there eight years old. When I tell clients, when the children are eight years old or nine years old or 10 years old, um, that, that might be a good opportunity for you to put all your energy into your work. But when they're emerging teen, as I say, emerging teen, when their behaviors and their body and everything's changing, that's actually a time where you need to probably be putting a lot of energy and most of your energy into that parented time because they need you to be present. And so it is that ebb and flow of what that sometimes it's not as much as today I'm going to do this and tomorrow's going to do that, but actually noticing where you need to show up most in your life and what needs the energy. So that's the difference that I think about the flow and the balance. You, I could not have said that better myself. <laughs> so that is brilliantly done um, because that's exactly what it is. Because I think for a lot of times, the modeling that we've been exposed to is that we feel that we need to do that. Like we need to balance things. And when you take a look even further into leadership, there's times where you have to know your employees or know what's happening for them to say, you know what? I've got a ton of work to do. I've got a ton of things I could be able to do right now. But you know what? You need me. So let me just sit down and talk to you what's happening for you right now because in that moment being present is what your employee needs is for you to be able to say what is happening and being able to triage that and let your day go off the rails because it's going to be worth it for the employee because they're going to hear that they're not going to say you know i was really struggling and i needed someone to talk to but i understand that my manager uh, had a lot of things to do so i'm glad he was able to focus on the things that he had to do and that was more important they don't say that, right? They experience, they may understand it, but they, what they, when you come back to that emotional side, sometimes they're even caught up into that. And then, you know, you can't expect they're going to go to that rational side of that brain is going to say, oh yeah, that makes sense because he has a lot of work and he's owning the business and he's the breadwinner and he's doing all these other things, right? But there's times where you have to remove yourself from that rational mind um, and come to that wisdom of saying, you know what? They're experiencing something right now. Let me put this off a little bit. I'll ask for forgiveness on some other things later, but let me just be here in that moment to help that employee or that child or that person or your significant other come from that, help them bridge from that emotional mind to get into to the wise mind. Did I say yeah. that correctly, Alison? I think you said it beautifully. And I just could picture uh, when we're talking about parents and making time for our children to be present with them and to sit down and listen to where they're at or be just able to watch a show. One of the things um, my parents, one of my parents I'm working with, she was like, I can't, my child doesn't connect with me. My teenager doesn't connect with me. All he's interested is in games and playing on those games. And I say, well, why don't you go and play the games with them? I don't do games. And I said, we didn't, did, did you sit with them when they were one and two and three and watch those children programs? And I start listing them off and they say yes. And I say, then why did we as parents decide that we can't do it when they're older? 
It's the mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our children want us to come alongside them. They don't right. need us to be on them. They just need us to be present with them. And that's mm -hmm. the powerful thing about relationship and connection with our children as they emerge into the different stages. And so, um, and, and when you were talking, Carl, I was thinking about as a boss, when my boss previously, my bosses, when they've been able to say, okay, Alison, and they put it down and they open their door, it shifts the relationship. It shifts mm -hmm. the connection. It mm -hmm. feels that, and it brings that thing around what we talk about worthiness. And we feel mm -hmm. that, and our children feel the same when we make time for them and we really make time for them and we shut everything down, that they feel worthy. And that's mm -hmm. our jo job is to make them um, feel worthy of those connections, worthy of those relationships and not say later or tomorrow, or we'll do that sometime, but mm -hmm. really just be able to put things aside and be available to, for them. I love that. You know, when we think about that mindset, it is really about, you know, how do we want it? One, let's be aware of it, right? We often say before you can take any action, be aware of what mindset you currently have and do you need to pivot it? Do you need to make those shifts to, to kind of make that happen? You know, as you know, um, Oprah Winfrey and I are good friends and I know you know that and we were talking many moons ago uh, where she had someone that she was talking about parenting and she said, what parents need to understand is kids... Uh, you know, um, they didn't join their kid's life. It's not about joining their kid's life. It's about their kids joining your life. So this is where you have to allow them to experience what you've experienced, allow them to be what they're being, how they need to be, but then for you to have these kind of conversations with them. And I think that's the, the big thing. So uh, any last questions for Allison? Any last thing for me, Allison? I think you're muted there, so we'll just unmute you um any questions for allison uh, guys before we wrap up because i think this has been fascinating any last thing for you allison what do you want these people to know if there's one last word you'd like to throw out there what would that be because um, i know there's so much <laughs> there's hope. um i just think that um there's this thing that's really powerful is about bringing awareness to self and and i think as as a parent, when we bring awareness to our highs and lows, and we can do that in many, in many modalities, but I think it's bringing awareness to self and allowing us to allow the ball to drop. Just allow ourselves because it's okay to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. And that's when we often do the greatest work. And that's the gift that you can give your children is that it's okay to be imperfect. And actually that's the greatest place to be because you don't have to worry about everything else that's happening. You know what I love about that, Alison? Thank you for ending on that note because sometimes I think as kids, when we look through, as I look through my own mother's eyes, I think being imperfect is the perfection, <laughs> right? Really, you know, and that's why we talk about imperfect inspired action is because it's inspired because greatness is not done when it's careful and it's this like, hey, there's times where you'd like it to be that way, but there's times that it's on the other side. But this, this notion that we always have to be Perfect. I mean, I keep telling that to Captain. I said, Captain, stop calling me perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. <laughs> Carmel, I see your head, Carmel. I see you. Um, anyways, guys, thank you so much. That's our time, Allison. We'll definitely okay, have you. to have you to come back. All the best uh, to you. Please stay connected, especially on that road trip. If you could document it, because I think that alone is, is going to be a treat. Uh, <laughs> 
Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. We'll yeah, see you guys much. all next week. Take care. Yes. Take care. Bye-bye.